You're listening to the Sports Brothers Podcast by Sam and Brian Dostal. Everything sports, all the time. For some odd reason, folks, for those of you that didn't know, Sam has this weird uh, liking for Spanish music. Love it. How great is that song, though? How great is that song? Also love the uh, song in one of What's the What's the name of the song, Sam? Uh, which one? The one that we just played in the intro. Uh, well, it's by Mark Anth- Anthony. You don't even know the name of the song. Uh, you well, love this song. Well, I can't for- really say it. <laughs> I don't know many of the words in the song. Uh, Vibra mi vivara. Do you even know what that means? No. No, I do not. It was Juan Uribe, and we're going to talk. See, this is good because we're going to talk about Juan Uribe later. So segue as you're listening to the Sports Brothers. Sam is back. Great day here on this Monday, July 27th. It's 1138 a.m. doing your job here because obviously you you don't want to do it. I've been talking all week on these broadcasts, and look at me just talking away. Anyways, uh, it was Juan Uribe's walk-up song with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Heard in the background, loved it, went out, found it. It's been a fixture in your life ever since. It has. I, I, I'll tell you, the last two years, they've been so much better because of it. All right, let's get into this show now. All right, so it's a lot of uh, baseball in this podcast. Uh, Sam wants to go over uh, the no division thing in the NBA, let's, let's like I talked about. that later that you have in your hand. Okay, can, all right. We, we've already had a bit a little of the sillies talk. We can, okay. we can mix that in as we go. All right, so yesterday, Sam, Cooperstown. Yes. Baseball Hall of Fame, yep. arguably – the greatest class that's ever been inducted. I mean, it's certainly since top. the initial class. Since the initial class, obviously. I mean, you have a ton of Hall of Famers there, but you have four Hall kinda of Famers. Kind of had them backloaded on that first one there. Yeah, yeah, just a little. <laughs> um, anyways, but you had four players inducted into the Hall of Fame: Astros, Craig Biggio, Braves, John Smoltz, Diamondbacks, Randy Johnson, and of course Pedro Martinez from the Boston Red Sox. And it's it's getting to that point, right, where well, we've started. These are guys that we grew up watching. So it it takes yeah. on – I mean, other guys we've watched, but it's starting to take on that whole new meaning where these are guys we really watch. We saw both Pedro and Randy Johnson pitch I mean, in person. Pedro, I know he was – we've talked about this, but he he pitched in the first game I went to. I think he – did he pitch in the first game you went? No. You no. went Manny Ramirez at the home run. Um but I thought they were great speeches. I loved the way Pedro went back and forth between the English. That was really cool. And speaking in 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 his native tongue, the Spanish, because there was a lot of representation there for the Dominican Republic. A lot of their high-ranking officials were there. It was really, I mean, it was a picture-perfect day. I mean, and if we've been to Cooperstown a few times, and it is a beautiful little town in New York. It's so unassuming, right? You would never think that it's re- it's like the epicenter of baseball. I, that that Cooperstown is just that is a town. The first time when I went, uh, I think what was it? No, I think we went one time before. Oh, your your uh, college trip? No, it was when you were. It wasn't when you were in high school. Um, yeah, well, I went with Dad one time, and I remember that it was the first time I went. It was during my spring, my uh, April vacation. I think it was like third or fourth grade or something like that. And Dad took a day off from work, and we went up. 
and you were crying on the stairs because you couldn't go. Yes, I do remember that. And mom was like, why do you have to go now? Why can't you wait till we're, this is as we're walking out the door to get in the car and I'm go. I'm like six. Yeah. And she's like, why can't you? It's like, well, we've had this plan for weeks now, and now you're going to be. So we, anyways, we went in the car, and we, we drove up. Um, I, I just think, though, like especially for us, Sam, that we're such big baseball fans, to firsthand go to Cooperstown when you're that young. I mean, because there's more than just the Hall of Fame, right? There's the lake, and and then but just the, the town itself, the town itself, the great with, golf course, the great golf course. Okay, where you almost smashed a windshield. Yes, um, <laughs> but, not your fault. No, it would not be my fault. Anyways, uh, but just all the the baseball. Uh, card stores and the bobble. I mean, the little restaurants, the restaurants, and, 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 and then the, of course Double Day Field. Oh, it's it's literally just a little boy's baseball dream. It's it's a perfect setting on the lake, like you said, on the lake. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, just an old older town with nice shops, restaurants, a, a nice main street, uh, and then you got the the main the, we, the main hotel which we didn't stay in, and then it was the little like bed and breakfast that we stayed yeah. in. It, it's. <laughs> You know, everybody talks about how baseball is so old-fashioned. <laughs> I mean, you go to Cooperstown where the Hall of Fame is, and it's a very old-fashioned oh, town. You're, you're stepping back, uh, you know, I don't know, 40 years or, or whatever, maybe more. It's, it's just – it's it's a really great – It's and it's the only uh, resta- restaurant – the only museum that I've gone to with mom where you, you look around and it's all the woman – Sitting around on the benches, waiting. All the men looking are at the all g- like, "Oh my God, it's Ty!" And the women are like, "Hortus Wagner, no way!" The women are like, "It's his bat from 1920. Who cares? Who cares? Who gives a rip?" Just went Colin on you there, I guess. Guess he did. Yeah. We'll talk about Colin later in the show as well. Uh, but back to yesterday's Hall of Fame induction. Uh, just you said that the ceremony was fantastic, and and more a little on Pedro is. Uh, he made it more than just him being inducted into the Hall of Fame. There was one point where he said, don't look at me for my numbers, for my accomplishments, for my achievements. But look at – he was saying to all the Dominican Republic, uh, Latin America, saying look to me as an example that I was in the same position. You remember, this is a guy that's just 5'11", 175. And, and you remember what he said about when – you know, who's your daddy, all that stuff yep. happening. You know, I don't remember the number of years, but he said, so many years ago I was sitting under a mango tree with no more than 50 cents in my pocket. You and, know, you and, remember that during the yep. whole 2004 and, playoff run. And there's so many people from the Dominican Republic that can relate to that. Well, you just look at, you know, I'm traveling with the Connecticut Tigers, and there's Dominican Republican players, Venezuelan players on the team, and uh, there's a language barrier, so I don't talk to them all that much, but they come from similar situations. I mean, they they come from that. It's It's just... It's complete. It's hard to believe with all the good Dominican Republican players that there's only two in the Hall of Fame. Pedro and Juan, and Juan Marshall. Marshall. yeah. And it's how many years? What? What? Thirty-eight years? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean more will come. Yes. I mean, yes. you can just think right off the bat, David Ortiz, seven RBIs last night. But I mean, he'll be there, uh, assuming that no one t- takes him out because of the st- steroids. But uh, I another mean, another discussion for another. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the other guys, Randy Johnson, the big unit, six eleven. I mean, a tall left-hander. My God, how intimidating would that be oh. facing Randy oh. Johnson? I remember facing T.C. Scott in Little League. Good comparison. And, well, just by the fact that 
it's the only thing I can draw from because T.C. Scott was a 12-year-old when I was 10, and he was already about 6'2", and on a 45-foot mound, felt like he was right on top of you. It had to have been the same feeling for Randy Johnson. What I love about these speeches, though, is you see the other side of them. I mean, we're Red Sox fans, so we've been able to see, you know, when P- Pedro comes back to Fenway and goes on the, the radio or, or uh, you know, on the TV. Yeah, whenever. We, we can see his personality. But these other guys, you don't really get to see. You see it a little bit with Smoltz because we, we you know, MLB Network used to be on TBS. But you get to see the softer side of these guys because usually when we see these guys, it's it's in between the lines for those three hours a night or when they're talking to the media post-game or pre-game. And, and it's a different type of person then. This this was – you get to really see what the person's all about. Watching Pedro's uh, – Loved his soup, by the way. Loved – yep, loved his the soup. The tie, the whole yep. – it looking, looked fresh. He did. Looking fly. Uh, Swaggy. There was just one point. Swaggy where, P. <laughs> there was just one point where I was thinking, if Manny, when, if whatever you want to call it, Manny Ramirez gets into the Hall of he Fame. He won't get in. It, just imagine if he were, his Hall of Fame induction speech. How just oh, lopsided that man. would be. Can you? Oh, that would be must must see TV. Oh, absolutely, Manny be Manny. Even, I mean. Because he's even more of a loose rocket than, playing, oh than Pedro. Than Pedro. And Pedro's God. worked on TV now, so he's kind of. I mean, the first thing Pedro said was, if I forget anybody, I'm sorry. Like, the, it just happens. I, th- I don't think he had anything written down. No, he did. He was turning pages. He? Okay. He was turning pages. Of course, the I was watching up in Burlington, Vermont yesterday. Perfect stream through the first three guys. All of a sudden, it starts freezing when Pedro goes. Really, really. Yeah. By the way, I, I loved John Smoltz. Loved it, the way he finished it with the Tommy John talk. Yes. And talking about how players, athletes should play other sports. They should. Absolutely. What, I mean, well, you played basketball and baseball throughout your entire high school career, but I played multiple sports up until my sophomore year. And really, I would have kept playing basketball if I wasn't going to be the only kid in my class playing. Um, but it actually it was better that I didn't. But I like. I loved pl- – like, I sit here and I regret stopping to play soccer now. I wish I had played in high school. Um, and I, I loved playing multiple stores, sports, and I, I just don't get why kids just get so focused into these sports now, you know? It, it doesn't It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, hey, I had a whole class with this last, uh, last semester at Eastern, and the, the pros and cons of specializations and – and uh, playing and other sports help. There are certain sports. There's there are certain sports like golf and and tennis where it's it's more it's more driven towards specialization and playing that sport year round. But when you're playing baseball, basketball, I mean, you need time off. You right? do. I mean, it's a, those it, sports are an absolute grind, especially. Not to say the other sports aren't, but there's. Right. But there's certain limitations that your body can take. I mean, a 15 year old needs to rest his arm. He can't. A 15 year old shouldn't be pitching all year. That's th- even a second baseman shouldn't be playing all year. That is a lot of stress on that arm. I mean, th- there's no reason why a 15 year old should be having a big winter league game in December and expecting to be there when when he's got a whole you know spring and summer. I mean, that's that's the time that you should be. I mean, granted, I did play winter baseball in high school, and our pitchers did throw, but it was they threw like four innings a week. Nothing nothing too strenuous. And it was just kind of – and this was after we had had 
you know, we had finished summer baseball in, I guess when I played it would have been August. We finished up usually late July. And we'd have from then until November or December off. You know, we'd throw a little bit, but it's not like now. I mean, and, and I'm not that far removed, and you're not either. It was starting to pick up when you were in high school more so, but it's, it's just it's too much. They just play too much baseball. I mean, let's keep in mind, we're coming from a lifestyle, I guess, where we did play multiple sports. Uh, there's certainly some people that just, they play AU baseball, they, they play in travel teams, and they play their sport year-round. And I wouldn't trade the fact that I played other sports. Even though baseball was my favorite sport growing up and it was always my favorite season, I wouldn't trade the fact that I played soccer or, or uh, basketball during my, during my uh, younger years. And hey, since I didn't play a fall sport, I played football at Wheeler School for. Hey, there, now there's, you were a football player then. Damn, the Wheeler, uh, Wheeler Legends. The so Wheeler Wolves. Wheeler Wolves, yes. Uh, what a thing that was. All right, uh, so yeah, Hall of Fame, good time. Yep, great. And uh, my broadcast partner went up there, Randy Brochu. Did he? Yeah, he made, he's a Red Sox fan, and he was like, "Well, hey, Pedro's getting inducted," and drove up. It was funny. He started by like, "All right, we're gonna go up there. We're gonna get a hotel room." Okay, the hotel rooms are booked. We're gonna get a campsite. <laughs> All right, the campsites are booked. All right, we're going to drive up the day of. <laughs> so I guess they I'll, – I'll find out tomorrow when I see them, but I guess they drove up the day of. So what's a four- or five-hour drive? It's like four hours. Not bad. It's not terrible. We've done it a few times. Yeah. Johnny Cueto. We should go again. Traded to the Kansas City Royals, Sam, for Brandon Finnegan and two top prospects in the Royals' farm system, and immediately uh, – the Royals pick up a, a huge arm for the they postseason. Need it. They, they needed it. I think that's a great get for them. Um, tough to give up a guy like Finnegan. Tough, t- tough to give up top prospects. But this is a Kansas City team that, I mean, they nearly won it last year. They're right yep. on the precipice this year. Uh, their number one last year was Big Game James. And, well, this is this they've been doing fine without him, and this is an upgrade in that number one spot right there. And he has playoff experience, which is huge, Cueto. They lose Jason. Not a ton, but he's been there. They lost Jason Vargas. The Royals did due to uh, an injury. He's out for the year. Uh, Alex Gordon is also yep. out for quite some time. So maybe uh, Cueto can kind of bridge something together here. And l- let's not re- let's not forget that Cueto he averages almost seven innings per start. Meanwhile, the Kansas City starters they only average five and a half innings per start. I mean, we know the Kansas City bullpen is Ventura's so good. Been sent down. Ventura, he, he threw eight scoreless innings yesterday. Well, he was, he sent, was down sent down and then brought up. So, I mean, yep. there is issues with that uh, rotation. So, this is something that can solidify it. And, you know, you got to cross your fingers, but, right, there's still a chance Gordon can come back. Yes. So, uh, you got to cross your fingers for that. And, and if he comes back and gives you anything, this is a team that is going to be right there. One of the most underrated pickups, he got right off to a great start, Kendrys Morales. That was a huge pickup. What an upgrade for them over Billy Butler. I mean, and Butler had a nice career with, with Kansas City, but Morales, this is a team that I th- they're going to be there in the end. The style they play when postseason baseball comes around, they manufacture runs, and they have that great back end of the bullpen, seven, eight, nine. Um, e- even if Gordon isn't able to go, uh, they're still going to be right there. That Kansas City team was so fun to watch in the postseason last year. I had a blast year. watching them. Oh, my God. Blast. I mean, they came out of nowhere, obviously. This week, this year wouldn't be as uh, coming out of left field, but, I mean, assuming the Red Sox don't win the postseason, I'll, I'll be rooting for the Royals. Royals, I'll be rooting. Pirates. Pirates as well, yep. If they get in there. I mean, I mean, is this good for ratings, though? Let's be honest. You have the well, Astros, the, the Pirates, and Kansas City. 
Probably all in the not. playoff mix. I mean, it's not your heavyweights. Well, you're going to get locally, it's going to be great because baseball is a very regional game. You get great ratings in the regional markets. You know, Boston fans will watch Boston, maybe not this year or last, but you know what I mean. Pirates fans will watch the Pirates, and so on and so forth. So regionally, you're going to get great ratings leading up to the postseason. If Houston and Pittsburgh and Kansas City uh, are teams that are in the postseason, nationally it probably won't play that well. You'll have the local market watching. You'll have people like us watching because we're just going to watch no matter who's in the game. Um, but nationally, the average fan isn't going to tune into that, you know, because Kansas City-Houston first round. Because, I mean, let's face it. We'll be it. sitting there like, oh, George Springer yeah. and blah, 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 and, and Alex Gordon's back from injury, and now Cueto's here, and, Mar you know, we'll be, we're there rattling off the, you know, see how Kiko uh, can do in the postseason. Um, but the average person isn't going to be like, oh. Game five on a Friday night, I know what I'm doing. Because let's let's face it, like you said, the average fan won't get excited about Carlos Carrera no. versus Miguel Cabrera. You know, they'll be excited for, for Miguel Cabrera, Cabrera but, to, to watch him. But a lot of people won't know who Carrera, Carlos Carrera That's what I'm is. Saying. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. So it's it's like, okay, it's it's or, a no brainer. I, I don't or, I don't or, know or, what or George saying. Springer, right? Yeah. I mean how many people that... outside Connecticut, I mean in Houston, who knows about George Springer? If you're not a, a, yeah. a full out baseball fan. Speaking of the Tigers, they the players themselves, Sam, they just lost two out of three uh, at Fenway this past weekend. But they two below five hundred now. Yeah, but they think that they have a big winning streak in them, and they're telling management, saying, "Hey, you know, don't don't sell. We 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 want to uh, keep this group together and get this and get a big winning streak going." Uh, but certainly, how they've been playing lately has not helped their chances. It certainly hasn't. And you thought this was a weekend where they would be able to pick up some ground. They're still only four games back you know, of that second wild card spot, six overall, Houston 55 and 45, uh, two-game lead over Minnesota 52 and 46. Boy, Minnesota really blew that game on Saturday, the one where A-Rod hit, hit those three. I <laughs> just banged my knee. I uh, hit those three home runs. Um, I don't know. Detroit's a team that's built to win now. Max Scherzer, I think, is proving to be a bigger loss than they even would have thought. They're pitching also. The guys that they replaced – and and tr called up whoever haven't really pitched. Although I mean Justin Verlander, he he has yet to get a win all season. He pitched better in his last out. I know. He did. I mean he was against the Red Sox. Um, Shane Green, True. Shane Green, who was a uh, an up and coming with the, he got the Yankees. Nice couple start of too. Great start. I mean there was an article that I read from April fifteenth. It was when he had uh, he started two and zero with like a point five zero ERA, and someone and whoever the writer was I was saying that he was a sleeper pick for the AL Cy Young for 2015. I mean, he has fallen to the face of the earth. So let's uh, pump those brakes a little bit, huh? Yeah, over, over six ERA. <laughs> well, I remember the Yankee fans at the beginning of the year being like, oh, my God, I can't believe we traded him. And now it's and now it's looking like, oh, Nathan Evaldi, who I think he's got, what, his 10th win yesterday? Threw a eight shutout, Eight right? shutout innings. I mean, Evaldi or Shane Green, obviously rather Evaldi for the Yankees right now. And uh, Alfredo Simon coming over from the Reds in that big trade uh, with her shortstop. Um, the, the top prospects. Uh, so, and, and he and hasn't he pitched well. Good, good start, too. It, they're just not pitching. I mean, Annabelle Sanchez, we, we talked about him before. He's a solid 2-3-4 pitcher. He's not an ace. He is what staff. he is. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get something good out of him. Uh, you can get the spectacular, but you're you're going to get a guy who's 14-10. and 10, You know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's a, that's, that's a solid year, but he's not a front 
line. He's he, he, he's like what you said. Victor Martinez not hitting like he was last year. Injured. On and because off. Injuries on and off. Miguel Cabrera Mi- out. Miguel for Cabrera a while. out. Jabba he'll, Cham- he'll be back. Jabba Chamberlain was released. I mean, this this team. Well, the bullpen wasn't good last year. No, it wasn't. I mean, Natalie Feliz, a guy that the Tigers were giving a second shot to, gave up like five runs yesterday to the Red Sox. The the bullpen wasn't good last year. So it, with the, the starting pitching being downgraded, nearly as good this year, yeah, it really is a struggle for them. It's hard for me to say sell, though. I mean, you look at it, and you figure next year Cabrera's healthy. Victor Martinez will be healthy. Uh, Ian Kinsler, you still got a lot of pieces right there. And the guy that we mentioned in the starting rotation, David Price. I mean, he's going to be a free agent after this season, and, and the Tigers are saying if we trade him, we want a 2016 Major League ready starter in return. And there's not too many teams necessarily that would be willing to give that up. Trade him for Drew Smiley. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> but I, so unless they get like the top of the top prospects, well, because it's I a- don't see David Price getting moved. I mean, and and can you just, just two years ago? I mean, he's on Tampa Bay, and and this is what the Rays were in in every. I mean, they were in the thick of the playoff race last year. Um, but they just I. He could be traded twice. Same with the United Cespedes. Uh Twice in, in what, 17 months? Cespedes could be three times. Three times, yeah. And I forgot to mention Cespedes. I mean, they have the pieces they're off. I, I don't know about them giving up. Even if this year doesn't happen, uh, you, you had a good year with most of these guys last year. Don't you want to give it a, a, another look next year? I mean, year? you got Ian Kingsley. You, know? you have J.D. Martinez, Jose Iglesias. I mean, you on paper, it's a really good team. It is, and I – my thing is, even if they don't, because some, sometimes things just go wrong for a season. My, I don't know that you blow it up and say, we're done with this group. I think you give it a shot this year, try to re-sign Price. Give it a shot this year. If you make the playoffs, great. See what you can do in the playoffs. If you don't, try to re-sign Price and, and then try to make another run at this thing. I mean, I they're, mean, they're only three and a half out of the second wild card. Four, four, four. Four, okay. Four games out. I mean, that, that's... That's not insurmountable. No, it's certainly not. And you, you look at the teams like, I mean, they're more talented than the teams on paper in front of them. The Mets, Sam. Hoo-hoo. Hee-hee-hee. <laughs> Ray's here. <laughs> Shout out to everyone who loves Raymond. A rebate's here. Juan <laughs> Arebe walk off hit yesterday in his second game with the New York Mets. New York legend, Juan Arebe. <laughs> Put him in the Mets Hall of Fame. Him and Kelly Johnson were acquired from the Atlanta Braves for some pitching prospects uh, earlier this week. And Kelly Johnson got two hits in his first game. Juan Rebay with a walk-off hit. Mets have two have a two-game win streak. And, Sam, I think with the trade deadline come up, we'll see if they make any more moves. But, of course, the Mets, they had that, that 13-game win streak earlier this season. But I think after a win a win yesterday, right, two, game, two games over – uh, the Dodgers, they get two straight, arguably the best team in the National League. Uh, with the walk-off win, I think this win could really spin roll into some good things for the Mets coming Yeah, forward. and Juan Rebe is one of those guys who can fit into any clubhouse. Uh, Kelly Johnson's a nice little pickup. And, hey, the Mets, just uh, two games out of the division now, three and a half out of the wild card. With that pitching, they're going to be in a lot of ball games. Oh, they absolutely. O- they, they only need a little more offense, and they got your boy, who you told me about, what? 
Michael Conforto. Three days before yeah, he, he got was, called up. He, he was like, he was in New Britain, so I got a chance to actually call, technically called one of his games when I when I called the game from the stands. With the, what are they, the Birmingham, right? Uh, Bingington. Bingington, right. Bingington Mets, him and uh, LJ Mazzilli as well. <laughs> I remember you texted me, you're like, they got this stud down here named Michael Conforto who can swing the bat. <laughs> I was like, well, it's not like the Mets need any offensive help or anything when I texted you back. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he, he gets called up in the, in the Mets on Saturday. They pounded 20 hits, 15 runs as well. So, Dude, I mean, break they, apart the Mets now. Seriously. This thing's over. I'm all aboard the Mets bandwagon. Oh, I'm, me too. I mean, I'm always aboard the Mets. I'm a, I'm, I'm a Mets supporter. Always have been. So the other day I met Graham's house cutting her lawn, and there's this kid, this little kid, like this 8-year-old. He's, he's riding his bike, and he goes, nice hat. And they go, thanks, wearing my Mets hat. And uh, – and so he, he rides back, and then I do a couple down and backs at the yard. And then this kid on a bike comes with a Mets hat. He changes his clothes. He has a Mets hat, a Mets shirt, Kirk Newenheis shirt, Captain Kirk. Dude, Captain Love Kirk. Captain Kirk. Swinging a great – what is he, 371 Three, in July? 373 in July. There's the offense they need. Right exactly. There. They needed to ship him to Los Angeles and get him back. That was the whole plan. Anyways. Needed a wake-up call. Anyways, so he's got a Mets shirt on. A Mets or a blue color coded uh, shorts, orange in the shorts, or no, maybe a stripe. I don't know. Orange socks and blue flip flops. And I'm I do a double take. I'm like, is that the same kid? I'm like, did, did he really uh, change shirt? Did you talk change to him because uh, I had a Mets hat on? So you know, he he leaves again, and then he and I do a couple more uh, turns in Grand's front lawn, and comes back and the kid has a has a ball and a bat and i'm like all right well now i gotta say something so i i i stopped cutting the lawn for about 15 minutes or so and we just had a catch and talked about some baseball little little innocent eight-year-old just comes right up to me and kid's name's dominic so you live up the street yeah he lives a couple houses down from graham on the other side that's kind of cool yeah so just talking baseball and does he know his baseball he, he knows it yeah i mean he uh he said his favorite player was Matt Harvey. I told him he comes from Connecticut. He goes, no way. That and he's only eight. Though. I know, I know. It was it was really cool, and it was actually right after before I went to Graham's. I was watching Field of Dreams. So like in my mind, as I'm like throwing, having a catch with this kid, like the Field of Dreams soundtrack is in my mind. They've had that movie on a lot lately. Yeah. Um, question: How's his throwing motion? It was good. Good. He'll be a good ball player. Good. Swing the bat? Did he swing swing the bat at all? We didn't swing no? the bat. No, I mean. Was it a real baseball or like a wiffle it was, ball? It was a softball, actually. Like a, like an actual softball? Yes. Segway into our father. So, <laughs> did you find this or did mom, mom found this? I guess a table collapsed in the workroom over here uh, with paint on it, and that was found somewhere in the area. And apparently there's a folder upstairs with softball stuff, and mom was leaving, was going to bring it upstairs. Anyways, you have it in front of you. Oh, this is great. Too bad this is a podcast. If if we had a if we could put this picture any on the podcast, that'd be great. It's we could tweet a picture of it. We we could. We we will actually. We will. So <laughs> so uh, yeah, we we found this newspaper article. It's from the Waterbury Republican American. Want to give them credit? Uh, this is <laughs> from who wrote it? Mon- <laughs> it doesn't say who. Oh, uh, Tom Tom Yagel. Um, 
Actually, I don't like that paper, by the way. And the pitcher, the the, the famous pitcher, is from Steve Valenti. And, and this pitcher, folks, there's a picture of a umpire and a player from the Demons. It and is a big picture, It's too. a big picture. I was blown up. It's got, it's got half the page. It's a whole and, top half. And uh, it's a picture of our father, Chris, or Ace Dossler, yelling with an umpire. I mean, he's really in his face. You know, when they're in a game where they're right in the umpire's face and they're screaming, rah, 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 rah. that's our dad. Can you give the umpire credit? And the umpire's name is Rick Caffrey. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and then there's another picture below, and it's our uncle, Kevin Dossler. Very dejected after the oh, loss. Oh, he, he's sitting sitting on the bench with his right hand on his chin just – and long story short, it was a semifinal game in the state tournament. And this is what this is modified fast pitch softball. Yep. And it was big time in the '80s and the '90s. I mean, it was huge. Teams all over the place. It was a big, big deal. Not like now, where it's all that slow pitch junk. So basically, the, the play was uh, there was a late bite. in the game. Late in the game, fifth game, fifth or sixth game in three days, cause. I don't. I don't know if you might have been too young to go, but they play a lot of games. In a yeah, short I, of time. I've heard stories. Uh, so, anyways, so there's a bunt or there, there's a little swinging bunt, whatever. And the demons catcher, the team that our our dad pitched for, the catcher he picks it up and throws the third base. However, there was well, I no think third one baseman. run came into score. Okay, I was reading the article. A run came into score prior, and something happened where the team spilled out of the dugout. Uh, and then, I guess, as our dad said when we called him earlier, uh, the third base coach was pretty much standing right on the bag. So the throw went down the line. So it went into left field. Because the they thought it was the third baseman, and they argued for interference, and they didn't get the call. I'm with the demons, man. They got they got robbed. So, yeah, uh, like you said, Sam, we called our, our father for immediate reaction 19 years later. Uh, Almost 19 years to the day. Yeah, August 4th, 1986. Can you imagine? That's before Buckner. That day, that was one of the first. When I when I see eighty six, that's the first thing I see every time. Anyways, um, yeah, we we called him and he and I said uh, describe the call in one word, and he said terrible. Yeah, not a good call by Rick Caffrey. No. My favorite thing, that, well, uh, what I also love, there's another piece of uh, paper there, and well, I don't know if we've said it, but in the softball world, our father was known as Ace. He, he was a great pitcher. I mean, he pitched in five decades. I mean, he was fantastic. If and you, he still threw hard when I caught him a few years ago uh, in the Cheshire Men's Softball League. He was still throwing probably high 50s, low 60s. Didn't have the same breaking stuff anymore. But anyways, the newspaper article, there's a little thing about him winning or uh, about him pitching a perfect game. And they refer to him as Ace Dostler in the newspaper. Dostler tosses perfect game in the first line. Ace Dostler pitched a perfect game last weekend while leading Wolcott Bolt to an 11-0 victory over Cheshire Pharmacy in the opening round of the Connecticut Amateur Softball Association State Modified Tournament. Only a five-inning game. Only five-inning game. But still. But and I'm pretty sure I have the plaque upstairs for that, I think, up in our room. But, I mean, this pitcher is, is priceless. You look at it. Again, we'll put a pitcher. But you can totally see him doing that. Like Oh, absolutely. Like, He's – He's screaming into the umpire's left ear. and That ump couldn't want to get out of there sooner. Our, our dad's pointing probably towards third base. He's got the stash. What a great photo by Steve, huh? Oh, just really <laughs> really caught the moment. Uh, uh, he, great photo with, with Kev, too, huh? He caught that moment, too. I'm sure the Dostlers didn't. I don't know why they saved that newspaper. And our dad's got a little flow in the back there, a little hat hair, and he's about 100 pounds uh, lighter. Still got the stash. Yeah, so... 
all in all, it's a good pitcher. It is. It is. Um, and then the funny thing is, and I thought maybe he traveled with this team because I knew he went to Washington for a softball nationals before. He went with the team that beat him to the nationals and pitched for them. A little awkward. Yeah. Would you do that? Get a trip to Spokane, Washington. You help a team. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, softball is a little different the way that that happens. That's yeah, that's true. Um, also, um, I told you I would tell you about this. You're going to. We just came back from Burlington, Vermont. Uh, you're going to be heading up there for a week in a couple weeks, meeting me up there when the Connecticut Tigers get up there. What big anticipated series, Connecticut and Vermont? You know, 12th to the 14th of August. Ted Williams bobblehead giveaway day in one of the games. Really? Yeah. I'm getting one. No, you won't. Why? Because it's the first 750 people in line. You think you're going to be one of the first 750 people in line? Well, there's going to be mean, nuts in line hours before that game, Brian. Are you being serious? Yes. Why? Because of the Ted Williams bobblehead? Yes. People, we, when we have bobblehead giveaway days at Dodd Stadium, people get in line. Anyways, Church Street in Ver- Burlington, Vermont, best store ever. You love your olive oil dipping stuff, right? Yes. There is this store that has about 30 different olive oils, and you can sample them all. Wow. It okay. is awesome. So there's bread there? There's bread. You go around. You dip the bread. You can open it up, put it into the little things. Oh, we were just talking about you. Oh, hey, c- do you want to give a uh, a live or tell us about your, your feelings about this picture? Go ahead and talk into uh Here, we can have – Talking to Sam's microphone. Come on. You see the picture, right? You're pointing probably towards third base. I was pointing out to the umpire that his vision was lacking and how mine was much better. Did you? I uh, don't use choice words when I speak with an umpire. I speak politely. Politely. And the reason I didn't get thrown out of the game. How about uh, the the stash? It's it's still the same. The stash is still the same. Yep. It's a little darker. Well, that, but I mean, it's still it got the, the same hair. form. Yeah. And uh, you still have this demon's hat, don't you? I may have that demon's I hat. I think you still. do. The demons were a fine softball team for many years. And that's the picture of Kevin. Yeah. And uh, I did have fun in Spokane, Washington that year with the boys, though. Yeah. Yeah. Care to share any stories? Uh, well, one, one player did get involved in an altercation. Yeah. And I may have been overserved one or two nights, but bartenders have a tendency of doing that. That's their job, right? I guess. <laughs> and I did go to Idaho during that trip, too, because we were eliminated so quickly. Why'd you go to Idaho? To see a beautiful lake. Ah, I'm sure uh, that was the main reason. It was. Okay. So. What what was the lake called? I don't know. It began with a C. Lake. Uh, I don't have a clue. Lake Get Drunk Weekend? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I wasn't drunk that weekend. Okay. Back to Sam. Look at that. Our first Chris Doster on the podcast. What what a debut. What a debut. Perfect timing. Oh, that was good stuff. It's just a family affair down here today. <laughs> Although we took it more towards PG-13 on that. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we got a little uh, risque there, but uh, it, it should be good. This is the Sports Brothers Podcast. Right, we, we've been going for a while here, haven't we? It's been 35 minutes. That's it? Yeah. Well, we, 
But the question is, we're going good right now. Do we want to do Los Angeles this week or save it for next week? Um, well, I don't have another off day until a while from now. You're giving me the wink. No, I'm thinking. I think you're trying to pull a move on me or something. 12, 13, 14, 15. So I don't have another off day until the 17th or the and the 18th. So, yes, we're doing the L.A. today. Um, hold on. Before we get into that, can we just briefly touch on the uh, the NBA thing? Yes. So uh, Just briefly. Yep. Um, I don't know how much you know about it, but I mentioned this on the last podcast. If you listened, uh, I was just it was just by myself. Uh, Adam Silver is seriously considering taking away all of the divisions in the NBA and just having two conferences, getting away with the Atlantic Division, the Northwest Division, the Southeast Division, and just saying, hey, just the, the best top eight records in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference make the postseason. I just wanted to say I really like it. Um, Me too. I, I think it's a great idea because, well, you'd have to do balanced schedules. Yep. You know, and and I think that would make a big difference. Because you, you look at the Celtics, and, and they played the Sixers how many times this year? I don't I don't know the number in the NBA. How many times you play interdivision teams? I'm not sure. Um, but they played them more than a team like the Magic would have played them in the Eastern Conference. You know, and, and I I don't have a problem with it all being even. Um, I, I I just wanted to say I really like the idea. That's basically it. I really like the idea. End of story. End of story. I'm gonna call Adam Silver right after this and tell him that I'm backing him. Damon Gray met Adam Silver. Did he? Yeah, he's a intern for the. Connecticut Sun, WNBA All-Star game All-Star was game, there, yeah. and uh, he talked to him. Brittany Griner. For a second. He's, uh, Throwing down. He said Brittany Griner is taller than Adam Silver. But she dunked. I'm just saying. Adam Silver's a pretty tall dude. Stephanie Dolson. What's up with her hair? What color is it now? It's like silver. Silver. It was purple the last time I saw it. Yeah. I don't remember where that I was. I mean, she's a character. Oh, she certainly she is. is. She is a high ball of energy. And now that she's, uh, I, I'm sure, because she didn't do anything crazy with the hair. When did she have the hair? Did she come back for the? Oh, she, did she come back for first night? It was. It was like right after she left UConn, where her hair just went. Was it with the president? No, I don't think it was no. with the president. The president is when she tripped. Yes, it was something within three or four months after she left UConn. But I bet, like now that she's not under the Geno eye. Oh yeah, I I, I bet. I bet put, I'd put my life savings on the fact that that's what that's it is. That's not too much, Sam. So no, it's not. <laughs> so I'm not really going too far out on a limb. But uh, I, I bet it's the uh, the Geno factor. You are listening to the Sports Brothers Podcast with Sam and Brian Dossler. It's been a good show. We're going to keep rolling on right to Los Angeles for our city segment. Uh, so let's go to Hollywood. It's on the rubber, the 2-2 hole. Swing and miss, he's second out.
Los Angeles, Sam. Great place to visit, but I don't think I would ever want to live there. No, but Colin does. Colin is. <laughs> Colin Coward. We won't get into that. No. Uh, so, Los Angeles, Sam. This, and I know we, the last couple of podcasts, we said Detroit was t- tough. Dallas was tough to cut to six. But this was by far. Was tough. But this was by far the toughest. Uh, we still have New York to go. That's going to be next podcast or the next time we do that. And then it's going to be Connecticut. And then, folks, it's up to you to vote for the best athlete. Uh, so we'll get into that more. But we we always have an honorable mention. There's four guys in the honorable mention for Los Angeles. So let's get right to it. I'll do the first three and you do the last three, Sam. Uh, Dodgers, Sandy Koufax pitched from 1955 to 1966, all with the uh, – well, the Brooklyn—I think it was the Brooklyn. No, Los Angeles Dodgers at the point, or was it Brooklyn? Los Angeles. It was Los Angeles at that point. He might have. You'd think he started in Brooklyn. Yeah, mostly so, with Los Angeles. So yeah, still a part of the franchise. Seven-time All-Star, four-time World Series champion, uh, three-time NL Cy Young Award. He pitched uh, four no-hitters, and Sam he pitched a uh, perfect game at Wrigley Field in 1965, which was the last no-hitter slash perfect game thrown at Wrigley Field since or uh, right before Cole Hamels. Um, so that was uh, pretty cool. Lakers center Wilt Chamberlain. He only played six seasons with the Lakers, uh, of course, also spending time with the Warriors and the 76ers. Uh, two-time NBA champion, one with the Lakers, 13-time NBA All-Star, seven-time NBA scoring champion, uh, and he leads in, in career-wise. He is the all-time rebounding leader, uh, Hall of Famer, as is Koufax, obviously. And, and, and more impressively, Sam, he has three – Number 13 jerseys retired by the three franchises he played for. You don't see too many of those guys. No, not at all. I mean, normally those those kind of players, they stay with one franchise their entire career. Doesn't Carlton Fisk have his jersey retired with the White Sox as well as the Red Sox? He might. There's very few. That That's actually a good trivia question. You know, who in all of sports, not just baseball, but in all of sports, uh, how many players have multiple jerseys retired, of course, other than Jackie Robinson, uh, and then Lakers center Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He spent 15 of his 22 seasons with the Lakers, six-time NBA champion, five with the Lakers, uh, two-time NBA Finals MVP, 19-time All-Star, uh, three-time NCAA champion at UCLA, uh, Sam Abdul-Jabbar, arguably the greatest big man of all time. And um, Carlton Fisk's jersey is retired with uh, the White Sox, so 27 with the Red Sox, and then flip the numbers around 72 with Chicago. Um, should I continue? Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Magic Johnson, 1979 to 1991-96 as well. 14 seasons, five-time NBA champion, three-time NBA Finals MVP, three-time MVP in the regular season, 12-time All-Star, uh, four-time assist leader, his fifth all-time, was part of the Dream Team in 92, Hall of Famer. Uh, you're getting the theme here. A lot of Laker players, and uh, deservedly so. Uh, Shaq, 96 to 2004. Nine seasons with the Lakers, 22 total seasons. Um, four-time NBA champion, three with the Lakers, the other one with the Miami Heat. Three-time NBA Finals MVP for three straight years, 2000, 2001, and 2002. Regular season MVP in 2000. 15-time All-Star, two-time scoring champion. Uh, future Hall of Famer. I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but Magic Johnson, of course, in the Hall of Fame. And then Kobe Bryant, 96 to present. Uh, you can cross him off my list because of his attitude. But anyways, entering his 19th season, uh, five-time NBA champ, two-time NBA MV- Finals MVP, 
17-time All-Star, 11-time All-NBA First Team, 9-time NBA All-Defensive First Team, all-time leading scorer in Lakers history, which is saying something, and uh, future Hall of Famer. Uh, I'll take the first two honorable mentions here, or we do we save that for after. Yeah, we, we do that. Um, too. I'm going to jump right in, and I'm going to go with uh, Kareem. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, uh, two-time NBA scoring champion, 19-time All-Star in 22 seasons, uh, five championships with the uh, the Lakers, and those Laker teams in the 80s when he played, 70s, 80s, uh, those were the greatest Laker teams of all time. I hate to keep agreeing with you, but you have to. I mean, Will Chamberlain only – I mean, he don't – of course all these players are great. Only six seasons with the Lakers. I mean, Sandy Koufax – I mean, arguably the, the best pitcher in MLB history. Um, you know, actually, you know what? I'm going to go Sandy Koufax. I'm, I'm tired of agreeing with you. Sa- it's right. Sandy Koufax. Well, he he. Other than Pedro, very few players have dominated like Sandy Koufax did for a stretch. I mean, some of the numbers he put up were. I mean, four. I mean, four-time World, World Series champion, three-time NL Cy Young. I mean, he, he's got a good resume as well. And so, a thing that I think is most impressive uh, with Shaq is not only we know about the three peat. Right in in the early two thousands, you mentioned obviously, but for Shaq to win the MVP in each of those years is yeah. just like God. He, he's the most. I have he's the most dominating big man I've ever watched. It yeah, and probably will ever watch. But I mean, you don't know how the game's going to cycle through the years. But with the way the game's played right now, there won't be another big that dominates like Shaq. Okafor is a back to the basket guy, but I mean he's not Shaq. No, no. <laughs> Dwight Howard, they thought, but. Please, please, yeah, you can't compare. Honorable mention, I'll do the first two, Sam. Uh, Dodgers infielder Jackie Robinson, six-time All-Star. His jersey's retired universally in Major League Baseball, of course, because of his days with the Brooklyn Dodgers uh, and his color barrier. I mean, you know, that's that's in a universe, a plaque on itself, and what that meant for baseball, for, for sports, and for everything else. Uh, I was walking down the street in Burlington the other day, had a chance to hang out with my friend Ryan Matlack for a while, and we – Somehow got on the Jackie Robbins converse, Jackie Robinson talking about him. And there was an older couple in front of us, and the, the man turned around and said, you guys are talking about Jackie Robinson? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. I, I, he was, and he started telling he, he got to see him play at Ebbets Field in, wow. in the 50s. I mean, and we talked, you, know, you know, for 300 yards or whatever it was, we talked about Jackie Robinson and, and stuff like that. And I mean, you know, we're just walking down the street in yeah. Burlington, Vermont, and this guy turns around and is like, "Just saw I saw Jackie Robbins play." I was like, "Wow, that's it's pretty impressive. That's pretty, pretty cool." cool. Yeah. Uh, Dodgers starting pitcher Oral Hershiser, 13 seasons with the Dodgers, 18 total MLB seasons. His best year by far was in 1988 when he won the Cy Young and the World Series MVP. In 1988 was the last year the Dodgers have a, or won a World Series. And that was also the year that he had a MLB record, 59 consecutive scoreless innings uh, pitched. And saying that really becomes even more impressive, of course, Granky, 45, 45 and two-thirds, two-thirds, just broken up. I mean, he was cl- uh, he was close, but he's still far off. Well, it's- we were talking about it, remember, when we were saying he's still three starts away? Yeah. And- uh, Dodgers starting pitcher, Fernando Venez- Valenzuela, 1980-90. Uh, 10 seasons, 16 total seasons, six-time All-Star, 81 World Series champ, NL Cy Young winner, uh, pitched a no-hitter in 1990, uh, didn't do it long enough. He was great when he came onto the scene, then kind of tapered off. Had a nice career, though. Uh, Lakers point guard Jerry West, I thought this is a guy you should have had in the original list, Brian. Do it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's the logo, man. 
1972 NBA champ. Then who would you have taken out? Um, that's a good question. This is the issue. I mean, you would take out. Four, Co- yeah, you would, I would. You take would take out. Yeah, but you can't. But you can't. Fourteen-time All-Star, and then uh, Lakers center Elgin Baylor, uh, fifty-eight to seventy-one. Uh, all 14 years with the Lakers, 11-time All-Star, 10-time NBA All-First-Teamer. So those are some of the guys we left out. There's actually uh, five guys in the honorable mention. Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's more you could have gone Oh, with. yeah, no um, doubt. Coaches out of L.A., Phil Jackson, uh, Tommy Lasorda, and then, of course, the best announcer of all time, Vince Scully, in town. So not a bad uh, sports town. Not at all. And mm. you didn't even mention, uh, well, John Wooden. Yeah. Uh, Luke, uh, or excuse me, Bill Walton. Luke Walton. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Walton, the best col- one of the maybe the best college career of all time with UCLA, or one of the best. All right, Cole Hamels, right? Cole Hamels, and then Stump the Bro. Uh, yeah, no hitter the other day on Saturday versus the Chicago Cubs, and uh, thirteen strikeouts, which is the most in a no hitter history for the Philadelphia Phillies. Mentioned that he was the first pitcher since Koufax in, in uh, 1965 to throw a no-hitter or perfect game at Wrigley Field. Um, and how about the catch that end of the game? Oh, man. Abdul Herrera. Abdul, what are you doing, man? If Herrera had missed that. Oh, my goodness. You're talking about. The, Heads would have flown. Oh, my God. You're talking about Bartman and then Abdul Herrera. Oh. That would have been one of the worst endings. Just an outfielder sprawling trying to catch. Because, you know, they're pushing Hamels by – Having him out there at, what was it, that was his 129th pitch, I think? Something like that, yeah. 128th, 129th. But, hey, does this improve his draft stock, or draft stock, his trade stock? No. I don't think it, no. It doesn't doesn't hurt it. I think what it does, he had had those two really poor starts. It makes up for it. It puts him back in a good light. Yeah, it does. But now you heard the conversation, well, he threw 129 pitches in his last outing. You know, hey, it hurt how they Yo- always hey it hurt Johan yeah, Santana. Yeah, Johan was he was already fragile at that point. Fragile. Uh, speaking of the Phillies, well, first of all, they've won eight out eight out of nine and four straight come the All Star break. So fighting Phils, fighting Phils. The Ready fighting Phils were in New Britain this past weekend. And Sam, let me tell you about a prospect that you will hear for years to come. I am all up on this guy. Plays for Double A Reading. And uh, got a chance to see him for four games. And Brock Stassi, first baseman for the Phillies. He's your next Ryan Howard. Another reason why Ryan Howard should get out of town. I know he's hit like his 20th home run or something like that yesterday. Or 18th or whatever it was. Uh, but Brock Stassi, you know, th- this was even before that I knew he was the RBI leader in the Eastern League. I mean, this guy was just hitting all parts of the field. He had a couple home runs in this series. Uh, a couple doubles. He... He's hitting 400 in his last 10 games. I think he won eight. He won eight for 17 against New Britain. He even had a chance on Sunday yesterday to plate home the tying run, uh, who was on third base with two outs in the ninth. He ended up striking out, which was one of two times all weekend where he struck out. But Brock Stassi hey. is a name you, that you were spot be... on with the Mets guy Conforto. Conforto, yeah. Although I've read about him before, but um... I mean. J.P. Crawford, their shortstop, is another up-and-coming player. I mean, this the Phillies, they have a good organization. Hey, I saw seven top 30 prospects in New Britain this weekend. Uh, it was a good time. All right, it's 5-5. Who's going to get the sixth win and stump the bro? It's time to stump the bro.
I'm going first. All right. Still very sour that it's 5-5. Five, five. Go. Just go. Which of this year's Hall of Fame electees was the only one to receive any Rookie of the Year votes during the rookie year? So your four choices, obviously, are Craig Biggio, John Smoltz, Randy Johnson, or Pedro Martinez. Biggio. Nope. Pedro Martinez. Really? I thought Pedro wouldn't have. He finished ninth in 1993 when his then-Dodger teammate, Mike Piazza, took home the Rookie of the Year. Uh All right. An opportunity. A window was open for little bro. Before Zach Greinke did it, who was the last pitcher to throw at least 44 scoreless innings? Brandon Webb, Roger Clemens, R.A. Dickey, or Clayton Kershaw? Kershaw. Wrong. R.A. Dickey. You put that one and sucker me into it, didn't you? What? Kershaw. I did. Didn't, didn't he have a big scoreless streak like last year or two years ago? Mm, doesn't he have one now? Or he did, right? He didn't give up a run against the Mets. Well, yeah, well, Kershaw, yeah, that was a sucker. So was Roger Clemens. So Ari Dickey was the I one. So that must have been his Cy Young year in 2013. Uh, 2012. 2012. Yep. Yep. Ari Dickey. New York Mets, great. Well, uh, the, Juan Uribe. the score Retire their numbers. remains at 5-5. Five, five. We got to think of something here. To We're not going to do it right now. Yeah, we need some. I said that last summer. And you, I know, I know. But and then you said it on the podcast when I was listening on the drive home from Burlington last night, and I was like, it's, really, "Right, it's really five five, it. so we can do something first to ten. And yeah, we got to we got to think of something here. It's going to be four, here's this. We'll set the parameters first to ten. Something will happen. Remember, this isn't TV, so it's it. Something will happen, but we haven't decided what yet. So it's going to be first. If you 10. have an idea, listeners, tweet at feel us. Feel free. Tweet at us. What's the Twitter handle? At yeah. Sport Brothers. That's us. Or our own Twitter page. Or if you know us that well, just call us or text us. You can email us as well. You can email our us email well. addresses are. I think mine's on the website. So is mine. Yep. Both. Well, okay. that's that's on the Sports Brothers blog. That WordPress dot com website versus the Nico Empire website. So once again, thank you for listening to the Sports Brothers podcast. With Sam and Brian Dossler. Mike Trout. Fun-filled show. Our dad was on the show. Stump the Bro. Hall of Fame talk. A lot of good stuff. Sam now is doing the close. Uh, <laughs> so, again, thanks for listening. Uh, we will be back later next week. Don't forget, the trade deadline is coming up on this Friday. So make sure that you stay tuned. And listen to all those deals go down. Will Cole Hamels be traded? Uh, Will David Price, Jeff Samarja, what will the Red Sox do? Will the Yankees get another starter? Those storylines will be answered come Friday, July 31st at 4 o'clock when the trade deadline is completely over. All right, that does it for this Monday, folks. Have a great week.